Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi there, leader, and welcome to episode 49 of the Still Space podcast. Are your values derailing your leadership and your life? Values are the guiding principles that shape our lives and dictate how we treat others in our personal and professional circles. They help us determine the decisions we make, the actions we take, and the relationships we form. Values can be defined as beliefs, attitudes, or opinions that someone has about something, about someone, about a situation. They can also be defined as the things that are important to someone and guide their behavior. Values are important because they provide a sense of direction and purpose. They help us to know what is right and wrong and what is important to us. Without values, we get lost. Without direction, we make decisions based on our values. And when we're confused, our values are certainly at the root of our confusion. In this episode, we're going to explore how to get back to your values, to feel fulfilled and position yourself at your best. When you have a clear set of values, you can move more easily, decide what is the right thing to do in any given situation, and values help us to know ourselves better and live a more authentic life. Think about the last time you felt really envious of someone. Envy, jealousy is a really difficult emotion. But there was a thought behind that emotion, and that thought could be something like, well, why can't I have what this person has? Why don't I have that good luck? This isn't fair. So when you're playing to that thought, you're away from your core belief because you don't have a core belief that tells you, I need to compare myself to others. That's what we do when we feel unsafe. I find in my clients that the number one reason that people are conflicted, unhappy, and living without inner peace is they don't have a solid vision of what they stand for and are living a life outside of what they value. They've lost sight of what they value or they haven't defined it and don't even know what it is. And it's difficult to live in accordance with your values if you first don't know what they are. Our lives are full of so many decisions that need to be made for practical reasons that often we prioritize in order of what is immediate, what is urgent, just to get it done, as opposed to looking down the road and putting a little more thought into 
What can I do that will bring me back into alignment? Don't we do that at work? We are working on what's urgent. We're putting out fires, but we're not working on what's important and not urgent. So if you want to shake this up and do it a different way, begin with number one, your character, because it is the platform on which everything else you will discover about yourself is built. Then you'll define your number two values, which are the things you love and home into. I work on this very closely with my clients because it's transferable then for the rest of your life. Next, explore your passion. It's A lot of people will start with, oh, I'm passionate about this. I'll just follow my passion. Well, I'm passionate about rescuing animals, but I know that that's not a career that I want to pursue but I can contribute to that and rescue animals in my home on the side. But that isn't where my core value is. My core value is in using my strategic thinking ability and my strategic execution skills to make a difference somewhere, okay? So passion isn't where you wanna start. You wanna start with character and values, but then number three, know your passion, and number four, your purpose, the harmony of all of these and the self-mastery of living by them in harmony brings focus and fulfillment. So let's start with number one, knowing your character. Your character answers this question. How would I consistently behave no matter what the situation? If you are somebody who is unpredictable, that is a character trait that defines you. If you are someone who laughs a lot, brings humor to situations, that's a character trait that defines you. You want to have a rounded off character that is consistent and not explosive, not reactive, because people like what they can anticipate. And if you're not projecting continuity in your character, you're not safe for somebody to promote, to hire, to even have as a friend to want to work with. Your character is the rock-solid platform on which you stand and will not waver. These are your beliefs that you will not compromise because they are part of your character. These are the conclusions you've made from life's lessons. This is the root of a tree. A tree will grow and change with the seasons, but the roots stay firmly planted in the ground. These are your beliefs. So find a quiet place and get comfortable and close your eyes and mentally prepare as you are about to create the most important project of your life. Sit quietly for five minutes. You may meditate or pray or whatever it is that grounds you. Simply breathe deeply if you're not sure of a practice. Deeply relax. Allow yourself to be grounded and settled. And after a few minutes of that, open your eyes and answer these questions. What code can I live by no matter what the situation? Okay, now what does that mean? That means I will be ethical. That means I will try to do the right thing. I will put others before myself. Whatever that code is, you stand by it. My code is that if I dedicate myself to something, you can count on me that it will get done. That's my code of honor. What is your code? What 
This is the question number two now in character. What would I do if I only had one year to live? This is where all of the big dreams, all of the things that you've put off, it all boils down to I have one year to live. Most of the time, that character base centers around people that mean a lot to you. So are you spending it with family? Are you traveling with family? Are you writing something that's important for you to get out to the world? But that helps you define what is important to you to spend your time on. Because if you're spending your time trying to keep up with other people that are doing things, that's really not at your core. Number three, what would I do if someone just gave me $5 million? Imagine that. Somebody just gave you $5 million. Your character will come through really clearly here. Do you want to provide nice homes for your family? Do you want to change something social or cultural in your community? Do you want a new home for yourself? Do you want to contribute to a cause that you're close to in a big way that's going to have a legacy in your name? Whatever that is, knowing what you would focus on is part of your character. Number four, who would I be if my team were maligning a colleague behind his back? Who would you be? Not necessarily what would you do. Who would you be in that process? Would you be the person that chastises them? Would you sit back and let it go on? Would you be a witness to it without inserting yourself into it? Might you get curious and ask questions? Would you try to put yourself in the maligned person's shoes and understand why people are disliking them so much? Could you help others understand maybe what is the motivation behind their character? Would you be able to point out that criticizing somebody isn't going to make the situation or that person any better? How can we help that person understand who they are and what they want to be in this situation? I don't have a perfect answer for you because there isn't a perfect answer. But whatever that answer is, is part of your character. Number five, what would I do if a natural disaster hit my community? Would you be somebody who was making sure that everything was okay in your home first? Which is perfectly okay, no judgment. Mindfulness, we don't have judgment of self or others. Would you be rounding up people for a concerted effort, organized effort to help? Would you just jump in and help yourself? Really good thing to know about yourself. Number six, what would I do if a friend asked me to help him with a yard project, but I wanted to see a movie? What would you do? Might you say, you know what, I want to do that, but I have another commitment right now. That's kind of a half-truth because you could go to the movie anytime if you're going by yourself. Or would you say, hey, I'll help you when it's done. Could we both go to this movie? I'd really like to see this movie. I'd love to have you go with me. Would you understand that this person needs something done maybe in a timely manner? You know, what would you do in that situation? No's answer is correct or wrong, but you're just getting to know yourself. And number seven 
how do I show up when someone is in pain? Because watching people suffer is very difficult for most people. So they react in many ways. You see somebody suffering and you immediately go to, you know what, I went through that too. I had this going on. Not realizing how that is not validating the person who is in pain. Do you have the intimacy level where you can just be with that person and not have to solve any problem for them or not have to insert how you went through this, just listening and saying, that must be so difficult. How do you cope? Is there some way that I can help you? What if I do this for you? Because often we say, oh, just give me a call if you need anything, knowing the person won't and really not really interested in having them call you anyway. But what if you said, I can't fix this. I don't have it a way to make this better for you, but I'm here for you. And I'm going to call you every morning and I'd like to take you out for coffee or lunch tomorrow. What time would be a good time? So now that we know a little bit more about our character, let's get right into the values. Values answer the question, what do I want to bring more or eliminate from my life? So if you have a family, you may find yourself enrolling your children in all the after-school activities that their friends are doing shuffling them around to soccer practice, school performances, instrument lessons, while losing sight of the fact that you don't hold true to the value of having competitive or overperforming children. Your value may be that you have a strong family with thoughtful and considerate children, but when is the last time you volunteered together or did something selfless together anywhere, not just attending somebody's sports performance or event? Or in your career, you may find yourself stuck in a rut at work where your work seems repetitive and you don't see any room for advancement. You find yourself checking the online sites for similar positions elsewhere, sending out resumes, considering going back to school for your MBA. Then after analyzing your values, you discover that you don't value doing predictable work in an office. You value freedom, helping others, and being creative. Only then will you start looking for opportunities and building skills in fields that will ultimately bring you more in alignment with who you are and more on a track for fulfillment. Values are not always strengths, though sometimes they are entwined. You use your strengths to live and give of your values. You can be very good at schoolwork, but the value there might be a love of learning. You might be very creative, but the value could be helping people. You might be a great painter, but the value could be expressing yourself through creativity. So how do we determine our values? Well, there are all kinds of lists of values that you can find on the internet, but it's pretty easy if you can be honest with yourself. And when I say be honest with yourself, that means get down into memories from your past that remind you of being at your best. So here are some examples of values. Acceptance, adventure, agility, attraction, affluence, beauty, belonging, calmness, care, challenge, cheerfulness, comfort, confidence, consistency, control, conviction, courage, curiosity, decisiveness, devotion, discipline, effectiveness, energy, excellence, faith, 
family, fearlessness, fitness, fidelity, focus, forgiveness, friends, freedom, growth, happiness, health, honor, hopefulness, insightfulness, intelligence, kindness, laughter, making a difference, nurturing, passion, playfulness, prosperity, resolve, respect, security, self-actualization, self-awareness, self-control, service, simplicity, spirituality, strength, sustainability, teamwork, temperance, thankfulness, trust, valor, vision, wisdom, youthfulness, zeal. So I give you examples of values so that you can start to understand what they are. All of the things that I just read off are things that nobody can take away from you, no matter what. Not a layoff, not a termination, not any other transition like moving to a new city, losing someone you love, divorce. Values are core. They're at the center of your soul and they don't change. Sometimes we believe we value things and we find out as we get to know ourselves more and we build our self-awareness and our ability to self-regulate doubt and our own self-acceptance, we realize that what we thought we valued isn't what we value. I've coached a number of people that have come to me telling me that they value money. They want to make more money. And we dig down into that and realize that there may have been for several of them a time in their life where they didn't feel financially secure and it left them very fearful, very much in doubt of their own capabilities about who would love them. So they really value security, financial security. And as they start to accept themselves more, the more shallow nature of just money turns into, I want to be able to provide well for myself. I want to be financially secure and provide for my family. I want my children to have a good education. Those are sound values, but not really the value of money, more what money stands for in their life. So when I think of my values personally, I family comes to mind immediately. I also value freedom. I value the abilities to self-actuate creatively. So wherever I go, I do not do well in a bureaucratic setting with a lot of corporate politics because I'm a change maker. And to create change, you have to take risks. And in a highly bureaucratic organization, there isn't a lot of risk taking, there's a lot of following. And that's just not something that I'm very good at. So I know when I go to work for an organization, I want to work for a board that is looking for somebody who's going to make things happen. And I have been described as a racehorse, we need to get out of her way and let her do what she does. Not every organization can do that. And I need to know that about myself. So that when I'm looking for an organization to work in, I want an organization that dovetails with my values, that is going to give me the opportunity to use my strengths, and I will deliver 150% and work as many hours as it takes to do that because I appreciate that freedom. And generally, every place that I've been, I leave a litany of things that I've achieved behind me that have gained respect. So 
when I'm talking about values here, it's really important for you to know what they are because when you're unhappy, something is out of alignment at your core with your values. So if you're not working really well with your children, there's a conflict there, you value closeness and it's not working out. So how can I make this work out better? Let me get into my core values. I value a close relationship. I also know that in a close relationship, I have to get a little more curious and listen more because I can't have this close relationship when they hate my guts because they feel like I'm telling them what to do and I know nothing. So to earn back their trust, I have to go back to my core value of curiosity and listen a little more than I'm talking. So what's sometimes helpful is if once you have defined your top five values, that you write a short essay about a particular time when they proved to be important. And that essay could sound like some of the stories that I'm telling you right here, but you start to more understand the power that these values have in your life of helping you to make difficult decisions. So let's go to number three, your passion. Knowing your passion will infuse energy into more of what you love. Your passion answers the question, who am I at the core and what could I do no matter how long it takes that I would never tire of doing it? Out of this will evolve a commitment to commence a project and stay with it. You will find it far easier than before to deepen your involvement in your focus as it will be rewarding and meaningful to you. So here's a very simple example of this. A lot of people join the gym and never go. A lot of people buy diet books and diet foods and they don't stay with it, okay? Because they're valuing, I just want to look better because then that then I'll feel better. And they haven't gotten down deeply enough into... Do I deserve to feel better? Am I feeling good about myself? Am I showing up at my best self? No, I'm denying some of the emotions that are in the way that are keeping me from my core values and those emotions, I need to ferret out. So maybe it's that I haven't achieved much in the last month at work. I haven't had a lot of good feedback from my friends or my partner or whomever and I don't seem to be on a track where this is changing. I don't think too much of myself, so why would I spend the time exercising? But I do value good health. So let me get back to my list of top five core values. And I do value good health. So I'm going to be a little bit more passionate about sticking with that. And yeah, I already joined that gym. Maybe to make an appointment and go over there and meet with somebody or take a friend with me. And then I think I will buy my food for the week at the grocery store on Sunday and then pack all of my lunches for the week so I don't end up going to a restaurant or the cafeteria and just picking up french fries and pizza and fried fish and things that are really not good for me. I value myself. I value my health. And I'm going to demonstrate that to myself this week, and I'm going to keep track of that, okay? So here are some questions you can ask yourself about your passion. Number one, what cultural things get you excited? Books, music, 
television, programs, movies, art, series on TV? Number two, what inspires you and why? I know that being creative, painting inspires me. I'm not the world's greatest painter, but I love to do it. Dogs inspire me. I could spend all day, all night training dogs, being with dogs. Their affection is unconditional. They're predictable. They're consistent. Just love dogs, okay? That's something that inspires me to be around them and train them and see how well they advance. It's exciting for me. Number three, what about you inspires you? What is it that you do that is so fun that you love to do it? You want to share it with others? For me, that's coaching. I absolutely love helping people get to where they want to be and figure out what is going on that is hamstringing their progress so they can get out of their own way and have what they want. What about you inspires you? Number four, what would you do more of if you had no barriers? If money, time, people, geographical location, if you didn't have anything in the way, what would you do? That is a passion of yours. Number five, what is meaningful to you about these things that you've just defined? Because there's a theme running through them. Is it a theme of being creative? Is it a theme of being dedicated to your family? Is it a theme of making a difference? Is it a theme of having freedom? Is it a theme of working collaboratively with others? There's a theme in there, and that's part of your passion. Number six, what benefit would these things provide others? This passion that you have is probably an area where you could do good work, and it might even be employable work. Number seven, would the world be a little better if you changed it? with the things that you're passionate about. Okay, I know that I love dogs and my passion for dogs would probably make dogs a little bit more easy to get along with, easy to manage for families. I'm not sure that's a big thing for me to focus my time on. But the world would be changed if I put my skills of fundraising, strategic execution together, and I have made a big difference. I have led campaigns that created new emergency rooms, created open heart centers, created women and infant care centers, created patient pavilions, healing gardens, remodeled health clinics, built new health clinics. Okay, this is where I'm putting together my passion for making healthcare more accessible to everyone, not just those that have the best insurance, and my skill of being able to execute in the areas where other people are afraid to do it because there's a likelihood of failure. I'm not afraid of failure. You have something that you do right now that can change the world, can make the world a better place. Number eight, what would it take for you to get started doing that. Does that mean you might want to broaden a job search? Might want to broaden people that you're hanging out with? Might want to broaden your vision for yourself? 
From these answers, you should be able to answer this question. What is really motivating your life? And this feeds into your purpose. Doing one more thing will not infuse purpose into your life. Getting back on that treadmill to nowhere and starting with a list of things that don't tie to your values, don't tie to your passion, don't tie to anything that's at your core, your beliefs, isn't going to help you. Purpose is not something you do. It is a way of life, a way to be. This is why resolutions on New Year's so often fall by the wayside because they're just plucked out of the air and not tied to anything. They are a task, not a purpose. Now that you understand your character, your values, and passion, explore all of these possibilities such that they are in alignment and become the foundation of who you are. You might even write a few sentences or record on your phone a few sentences defining your purpose in life. Revisit it and edit it often. Check it daily. This might become a personal mission statement for you. Envision yourself in that purpose. Think of a movie or a video or a clip of something that embodies your passion and run that video over and over in your mind. Close your eyes and insert yourself as the lead character in that clip. As the images become clearer, add color, add sound, add music. Now envision that one year out, three years out, and revisit this vision over and over. And this is how beliefs take hold, values emerge, passion gets embodied, and purpose takes form. And the cost of you being derailed from your values, from your character, from your passion, from your purpose is discord. If you are out of alignment, if you're in a job where your personal values do not dovetail with the company values, and that doesn't just mean for the company, it could just mean your team. The team that you're on has somebody toxic on it that isn't demonstrating the values and the organization is not holding that person accountable to demonstrate those values. It might be time to look for a new team. Don't always have to, and most often not, the clients that I work with don't need to leave the company. They need to leave a bad manager, leave a team that is not in alignment with what they want to do, where their passion is. But we don't know this until we uncover what all of those things are. So wishing you a purposeful and intentional day where you're reflecting on your core, and not just having an accidental career or life. You deserve more, and you are more. Okay, leader, many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months. And then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls 
And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session. And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, but the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you and not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior. And months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleegannon.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. I'm glad you were with me today. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.